Kevin Sheedy from the Essendon football team years ago said of James Hurd when James Hurd was a young athlete that was under being coached under him. He said he never once coached James Hurd. He helped facilitate his movement. And I'm sure you've you've been you've seen and heard great coaches over the years talk to their athletes. I, I've I've never I get to watch it on YouTube, some little clips here and there, and they're fantastic and read some books on Percy Serity and some other great coaches. I wonder if you could share some one or two fantastic things you've heard from a, a coach you thought was like, wow, that's just amazing what they did this then. Welcome to Just Add Jack, the podcast that keeps you moving in the right direction. Oh, look, I, I must say, I, was, I, I had, again, I had the privilege of working with Alistair Clarkson and Hawthorne, which was, I mean, wonderful coach, intense guy and just really, really knows how to get the best out of his players and... and and you know he he looks after every every player that comes to that club like his son. I think that's a real wonderful thing. He really cares about them and really looks after them, but knows when to give a rocket and knows when not to. And and um, you know just you know just being able to get teams up when you just think there's no way we're going to win this, and then just it just knows exactly the right time to deliver it and to get the best out of that group. And he continues to do it. I mean. I wasn't there when he did it in Canberra last year, but when they went and played in the snow last year against GWS and it was going to snow, he was he, before it. He had them running around at training with without their tops on because it was freezing cold and saying we're going to really enjoy this and laughing. And at the first break, I remember just watching this game. This game is extraordinary because he was in there and they and it was it was sleeting. It was snowing. Yeah. They were all laughing, all the Hawthorne players and all the GWS guys are standing there going, "Oh, this is terrible. This is terrible." Yep. And GWS are in the finals and Hawthorne were playing for their life to try and stay in the eight and they beat them. But yep. it's just, that's the sort of genius that he has about, you know, he, that never let the conditions get you down, I guess. And, yep. and always look at the positive if you can because there's a, there's a bright side at the other end of it. And, um, you know, he, he I'm sure he'd be working, he'd be trying to, this through a hub and COVID would be a real challenge for all those coaches about how you get these guys through because a lot of them are missing their family, a lot of yep. them are missing home. And, and so I think, you know, I, I look at him and he's, he, he was amazing at doing that and, and the success he had is, is certainly because he was is great at, at trying to get the best out of those players. And in saying that, I got to work with a great bunch of players because we had Hodge and Mitchell and we had Gibson and we had, you know, Lewis and we had Birch and Rioli and, Roughhead, we had these great guys yep. who could all pretty much coach themselves too. Yep. But he just knew how to keep them keep them going. They're all they're all they're all um, you know, great guys, and and uh, and, and uh, yeah, I think that he just knew how to get the best out of those guys. And then they were coaching all the other guys, so it was just a shared. You know, you yeah. develop leaders, and I think good coaches develop leaders. I think yep. if you're just trying to do it all on your own, that's not a good thing. And one of the things you got to do is bring through new leaders and you develop new younger leaders, not just keep going back to the old, yeah. you know, 50-year-olds as the leader, keep just to bring through the younger ones. And I, certainly something I've been, we've been doing in the college is going with, let's bring through our newer leaders, our younger yeah. leaders, our, our more female leaders, because I, I believe in the sort of you can't be what you can't see. You have to bring these people through. Yeah. Um, and I think that and with a much more diverse leadership group rather than just the same old white male and pale yeah. group. Um, so it's, uh, yeah. Um, so he was really good as a coach. Just add Jack. It's like having a personal trainer in your pocket, only better. There's been some other interesting characters I've worked with. The, the head coach of the Australian athletics team for a while, who had the fight with, with Sally, was a 
in, in the Commonwealth Games in, in um, where was that in Glasgow? But he was someone who was always trying to get the best out of his athletes and trying to push buttons. And sometimes he pushed the right one. Sometimes he doesn't. He didn't. Yeah. And um, you know, it's uh, it, it's uh, you've got to pick your moments when you when you go go after your athletes to what you when you yeah. challenge them about they're not quite doing because these athletes you've got to understand they're working their, their butts off to get to where they've got to get yeah. to. And sometimes I think one of the things is athletes, and we're all the same. We, we we're not very good with criticism. Yep. and 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 um, feedback and it's how you deliver the feedback and I you know yep. it's, you, you can go back to your old coaches when you were playing footy when you were young who just did not know how to give feedback at all yeah and they needed to be real reassuring and quite you know and more caring about the delivery and I do remember I mean and, and you appreciate this Jack because my was my old PE teacher when I was at school and uh, he was probably my my best figure at school was me growing up he was a great um, basketball um, coach and really just a great mentor for me. And he only died last year. And he was, I think, in his late 80s. And he was a wonderful man, but also a wonderful coach. And was very much that sort of prototype for, I think, what coaches are now. Yeah. He wasn't someone who just berated and, you know, nah. bullied his way to getting you, getting the best out of you. Um, that's probably because he was a teacher. That's probably why. There's a big, there's a big difference. Big yeah. difference, big and big I big think that that's where it came. And, and Clarko's a teacher. Just add Jack, the best non-gym gym ever. So, so that's where some of the best coaches are actually teachers, and yeah. that's where Hawthorne was really good because he would actually get in not ex-players, but he would get in teachers. Yeah, at the club, and I think that if you've got a lot of good teachers with the you know a couple of good players, then that's the best. And I guess the ideal coach is always going to be someone who's played sport and is a teacher. Yeah. The, you are, Jack. <laughs> it's, it's interesting you, you, what you said. I'll feed you back a couple of things that went off my head. So we, we've got at the, at the gym at the club there, we've got a guy who's won two Brownlow medals, and we talked about playing and, and what makes him a, a great player. I was talking to him, and he, he said he, when he's asked a question, you always play so well in the wet. He says, what do you mean? I'm just playing footy. Hmm. He doesn't even know it's raining. He just loves playing footy. He said, and the other ones are just dropping away in the wet because they're going, oh, my God, it's wet outside. It's, it's going to be a wet, slippery day. This goes out and plays footy. But the, the flip side is having that coach who can read the players. The, there's a parent of a, the local football team, South Melbourne, when they were playing Brighton. This is years ago. It's a notorious story. I think under 13. It was raining. It was pouring with rain. So he got the boys all to lie down in the centre of the pitch before the game. And they couldn't move once the game started. They were freezing. <laughs> so it's like, it's you can you can grab something from a coach, like you're saying, from and try to learn from that. And it doesn't make sense if it's not appropriate. And that's where I think a good teacher doesn't put it in. They know when not to put it in. Just add Jack, the pocket PT. And, and there's a good lesson in that because it's one of the things that I always and I do say this to a lot of the um, the younger sport and exercise physicians and our trainees when because I teach. You know, once a week and do, and, and as I say, mentor and a training supervisor, I do tell them in elite sport, you do not try something on the day of competition that you have not tried before. Whether it's whether it's trialing a, a new sort of technique, as you say, you don't get them roll around in the mud on the grand final day and it's wet because it's, it's, it just kills the enthusiasm of a lot of it, but just even things like. You know, if you're going to trial um, a new sort of technique or try a new medication, for instance, so you know you're going to try an asthma medication in a race, no, you try nah. it beforehand so that people actually know what's going on. Totally. Um, 
and or a new, you, 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 because otherwise you just it's, it's there's too much risk involved and risk of poor performance. Yeah. And so you sort of got to take your athlete, you've got to take your patient on a bit of a journey about yeah, there will be ups and downs when you go through these sort of things, but at least these are how we're going to mitigate it when we get. Yeah, and that's so it's pra- not unexpected. As practice and training, and a good coach and a good team should know their players to be able to do that. It's, yeah, and a good correct. boss knows his workers, the same thing. A good father knows his kids. And you know, so this goes back to the whole hierarchy doesn't work anymore. I mean, that's where you've got to be on the same level as everyone else when you when you are, I think, talking to. That's where I really do. You, you know, it's the end of the day, someone has to make a decision. But as I say, and particularly in the, in the, in the teams I've worked with and in the organisations I've worked, it's always been a shared decision. Yep. So we always get input from everyone else. You have big, these med- big team meetings. Everyone gets to throw out what they want to throw out and have their arguments. But when you leave the room, whether it's a board or whether it's a medical team, that's the decision. And everyone owns the decision. Yep. And you own the decision as a group. And, and whatever happens, happens. But then you're all going to go back and go, well, that, that didn't work. Okay, how could we have done that better? And then you go back and you reevaluate and you go back and do that better the next time. It's not a, a matter of pinging off and saying, oh, this was wrong, this was wrong. That's not how things nah. achieve. And you don't do that to people either. So. Thanks so much for joining us in the Fitness Huddle, where you get great stories around a campfire, fantastic insights into health and fitness with health and fitness experts and sports professionals. See you next time. Take care. You've been listening to Just Add Jack, changing the shape of the community one step at a time. For more entertainment, be sure to go to our website, www.justaddjack.com.